Mazir Daf Zainam Beis, Language and Information, Lishna Yaseira. Yesterday we spoke about the, uh, the, the usage of language to some degree, and we spoke about the difference between uh, words and sentences where you make sense out of uh, the, the way you combine letters into words and the way you combine words into sentences. Uh, <coughs> And we talked about uh, numeric digits and whether numeric digits are, are icons that we use for calculation or a numeric digit is also a word. And that the figure five means F-I-V-E, it means five. The, does, does the letter Dalad in, uh, in, in Lashon HaKodesh, does that mean Arba? Does that mean four? Or is it just an icon? Uh, and we spoke about some of the, the differences between that and then David afterwards <laughs> made the point of the, the difference between audio and, and visual communication, that when you see something visual, you see it all at once. And that's the idea of an icon, that you have a whole concept in one, in, in one symbol. Whether that symbol is a numeric digit or that symbol is an emoji or whatever it is, that symbol becomes something that you see and you can work within your mind because you've seen the whole thing. Whereas audio is sequential. You hear one word and then you hear the next word, you hear different syllables one at a time. And it's the way you connect the syllables together and you connect the words together. <coughs> That's the way that, the <coughs> that you make sense and you make meaning of it. So we're going to take that a, a, a little bit further today, this idea of, of the style of language that we choose to use for different forms of, of communication. And, and as a result of this piece of, of Gemara, the Sugya, we'll understand things that are, are, are so important and critical today particularly with the whole debate that's going on with the, the, the degree to which robotics and artificial intelligence has been, can become available to the man in the street and what the effect of that is uh, on, on people's creative capacity. The, uh, the Mishnah that we're referring to is a Mishnah that says, if a man says, I'm a Nazi for 30 days and a little more, one extra hour. Then he's a Nazir for 31 days. She'en Nazirut l'shawot, because Nazirut is not made up of hours. The, 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 the components of Nazirut are days, not hours. And 30 days is the minimum. <coughs> he says, I want 30 days plus more. So we give him an extra day. Omar Rav, Rav says, Lo shanu yom. And what would happen if he said 31 days? Um, what, what, what do we say? What, what would he be then? The Mishnah is dealing with, he says, I'm a Nazi for 30 days, plus an extra hour. What would happen if he said 31 days? Then he would be a, a Nazi also for 31 days. Notice the difference. If he says, I'm a Nazi for 31 days, then he's a Nazi for 31 days. If he says, I'm a Nazi for 30 days, and I'm a Nazi for an extra day, then is Nozishtayim. That's two Nazirus. That's not just an extra day tagged on to the first Nazirus. That's an extra Nazirus. Why? He didn't say that. So here we're getting into language. That's, he said, I'm a Nazir for 30 days and one day. That should be 31 days. No, says Rav. That's 60 days. Why? Rav Sova lo karabi akiva darish lishna yaser. And that's the topic of this whole sugya. Rav holds like Rabbi Akiva that learns from people's unnecessary uh, expansion of language. When people use words that you don't really need, do you just delete them? Do you just ignore them? Or do you interpret them? Do you take that as part of the context of what the person is saying? 
And as you'll see as we get into this, this question of whether Darish Lishna Yaseira or not, whether we take notice of the Lishna Yaseira, really depends on whether the communication is about information or the, inf- or the communication is a narrative. And you'll see that has halachic ramifications. And we learn this all from a Mishnah in Bova Basra. And the Gemara quotes the Mishnah, but I've quoted the the Mishnah and the Gemara in the next section in the sources. Law, uh, if a person says, I'm selling you this house, but he does not include the reservoirs and tanks in the, on the property. And we know water is a very important resource. And this person has a property and he says, I'm selling you the whole property. But that does not include the reservoirs and the tanks. And now, so now the seller has sold his property but retained the reservoir and the tanks. How does he get to them? How does he use them? He's got to compensate the buyer and say, I will buy back from you the rights to access my tanks and my reservoirs because I, just, I sold you all the surface property and I've got to be able to get to my tanks and reservoirs so that I have to buy back from you. And Rabbi Akiva says, if he, so the Chachomim say, if he retained the rights to the tanks and the reservoirs, he clearly retained the rights to get to them. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to buy it. He doesn't have to pay anything for it. And here's the important part. If, it says Rabbi Akiva, if he said, I'm selling you this property, excepting for the reservoirs and tanks, he doesn't have to take. He doesn't have to pay extra. Uh, the Gemara goes into what's the difference between a, a tank and a reservoir, a, a bore and a dut. <coughs> and then the Gemara says, what's the what's what's their Rabbi Kiva says, when a person sells, you you interpret the sale as, in most generously as you can. That a person, if he's not, if there's aspects that he's holding back, he will specify that. If there's no specification of holding back, you assume it's a generous sale. But Rabbanon Sabri Mechabayin Romech and the Rabbanon say, no, you've got to interpret a sales contract in the narrowest way possible. If he wants to include more than the minimum, he would he would say more than the minimum. So it's actually uh, the, the Rashbam says, Rabbi Akiva's principle is in all matters of Mechir in the world. So for Rabbi Akiva, it's a way of interpreting the mindset of a seller. That when a, a seller is selling, he's, he's happy to sell, he's giving it all, he's giving it all away unless he retains specifically, but if he doesn't specifically retain, you assume he's given it all away. That's the Machlekes, Rabbi Akiva and, and, and Chakami. <coughs> the, um, why, why does Rabbi Akiva hold what he does? So the Rashbam explains in there in Bova Basa, we need to learn our Gemara together with the Rashbam. I mean, it, it's very interesting because the Gemara is taking a din in Azirus, a man says, that that is, uh, uh, then you, you would have to regard that as two complete Naziriyot. Where, where from, says the Gemara, because now we do a hyperlink to Bova Basra, to laws of sale, which have nothing to do with Nadorim. But they have to do with language. And that's what the subject of the sugya really is, is how is language being used and how is language being interpreted? So whether it's a sales contract or it's a neder, and in this case, nazirut, there's similar methodologies of interpretation. So the Gemara creates that hyperlink. 
And, and so now we've got to learn the two together, the Gemara and Bava Basra, the Mishnah and the Gemara and Bava Basra. Without Gemara, the two are, are, are parallel. Explains the, the Rashbam in, in uh, Bava Basra. If he said specifically, I'm selling you this property, excepting for the reservoirs. Rabbi Akiva says, you don't need to say that, because even without saying that, you, we, don't, we don't assume that, that you've sold the, 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 uh, the reservoirs. Even though Rabbi Akiva, say, the Rabbi Akiva holds you sell generously, but the reservoir is a different commodity. When you're selling property, you're not necessarily selling the, the reservoirs on that property. It's a different thing. And, and therefore, even if you say nothing, you haven't sold the reservoir. So why does this man come and say, excepting for the reservoir? It's necessary. You've got to say, he's saying to the person, I intend to use the reservoir on the tanks, which means I'm retaining access. Otherwise, he wouldn't have mentioned it. He would have said, oh, I forgot to mention the reservoir. Of course, the reservoir and the tanks are mine. Yeah, but you didn't mention it. So now the question is, do you have to pay for access or not? So Rabbi Akiva says, yes, you have to pay for access because you didn't mention it. But if you mentioned it, the, for the fact that by me, the mentioning of it was unnecessary words, the um, indicates that you're holding back the rights to utilize the reservoir and the tanks, and therefore you've got access. And according to the Rabbonin, the Rashbam explains that the Rabbonin aren't worried about that and they interpret it differently. But let's focus on Rabbi Akiva. <coughs> and, and it appears that, at least according to the Lechem Mishnah, that the Rambam Paskins like Rabbi Akiva. There's a long discussion about Gisot in the, in the Rambam, as you'll see. But um, we're going to go with the view that the Rambam Paskins like Rabbi Akiva. Says the Rambam in Hilchus Nazirus, Hareini Nazir Shloshim Yom Veyom Echad. This is like Rav's case. He said, he added the word day in. It's an unnecessary word. So that's what we learn from Bava Basra. Rabbi Akiva holds if you add words in, then you've got to interpret. What do you mean by that? Because you didn't need that word. Tareni Nozi, he doesn't say Shloshim Veechad Yom. I'm a Nozi for 31 days. He says, I'm a Nozi for 30 days and for one day. That's then a double Nazir at 60 days. Says the Rambam, What does the Rambam say? The Rambam's fasting against Rav, against Rabbi Akiva. Let me turn over the, the source sheet. Says the Lechem Mishnah, How's the Rambam paskening against our Gemara? The Gemara says nobody's disagreeing. Rav says it goes like, Rav makes a statement. He goes like Rabbi Akiva. <coughs> the Mishnah, see, the Gemara seems to be holding that way. Why would the Rambam paskin against Rav and, and, and Rabbi Akiva? The Lechem Mishnah was, was, was a, a really important, Mefarish is a really important Mefarish on the Rambam. Uh, he lived in Salonika. He was, uh, his family came from the Spanish Inquisition. There was a lot of people landed up in, in Greece and Salonika. <coughs> Greece, Turkey, it was all kind of connected at that time. And he was a, he was a, 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 a rov, a Talmud Chochem in, in Salonika. And it was a little bit after the time of the Mechaber, a little bit later than the time of the Mechaber and the Magid Mishnah, who were writing works on the, on the Rambam. The Kesef Mishnah and the Magid Mishnah and the Lechem Mishnah also wrote his own work on the Rambam. And, and so he asks this question. And furthermore... 
In the laws of sale, the Rambam paskins like Rabbi Akiva. So we've just said the two sugyas are parallel. So there he paskins like Rabbi Akiva. Here he paskins against Rav. And Rav and Rabbi Akiva are, are the same. How does that work? You've got to read the Rambam without that extra word yom. And that's why I put that in brackets, because there's a machlokis as to whether that word is there. But not yom yom twice, says the Magin, says the Lechem Mishnah. Because if the Rambam, if he added the extra word yom, then Rav and Rabbi Akiva would clearly hold uh, that Darish Lishna Yaseira is using extra words, so he must mean something extra. And the Rambam says he only gets one, he only gets one desirus of thirty-one days. Therefore, says the Lechemishna, clearly it isn't. We've got to bring you the Rambam and Hilchus Mechira. Sorry, Chamorich Elikna Lo Derek Menal Kiyakadeli Kanes Bevor Zeh Oli Dud Shishiyeh Shekola Mocher Ba'ain Yafa Mocher. The Rambam Paskins. If you sell, you assume that they're selling everything. Where does the Rambam get that from? Rabbi Akiva says the Hagos Mamam is Kerabi Akiva with the Loik Kerabonen. So says the Lechem Mishnah. Clearly, the Rambam is holding like Rabbi Akiva in Hichot Mechira, and therefore he must be holding like Rav here. The wording is not exact, but if you look, there are different girsaot in the Rambam, and the Lechem Mishnah prefers the girsa that has the Rambam without the extra word of Yom, but if he were to insert the unnecessary word Yom, then the Rambam would also hold, like Rav, that, that there's two fullness in the Ziruot, because he's put the extra word in. So, so what, is the, what is the principle here? The principle is, it's build, building on yesterday. You need to clarify, both when you're reading something and when you're writing something or talking, are you communicating information or are you telling a story? Is this a narrative? It's two completely different systems of talking. If you're communicating information, you give only what is necessary. No extra words are necessary. That's, that's impolite to take somebody's time to give them unnecessary information that they don't need. But if you're telling a story, that's different. You want to engage the person and engaging the person sometimes requires a little bit more than the, than the bare facts. The... Um, the uh, Ponovizhirov used to say, my father asked him once, how do, you do, how do you do this? How do you go and knock on people's doors and ask for money? Ponovizhirov, such a great man, the Rov of Ponovizh, after the war is saved and goes around from door to door asking for, how do you do it? He says, I never ask for money, I just tell a story. I just tell my story. If they give money, that's fine. If they don't, they don't. I just tell my story. And in one of my early interactions in, in business, I got an opportunity to, to pitch to a, the CEO of at that time, one of the big companies of the world, the biggest company in South Africa, and one of the great companies of the world. I got this opportunity to pitch, and I tell him a story, like the Ponovizhirov, so to, so to say. I tell him a story, and he cuts me short after about two minutes. He says, look, just tell me, what are you selling? What will it do for me? And how much does it cost? That's all I want to know. So, so what's, what's the gap here? I'm telling a story, and he's saying, give me information. I'll make my own decision. I don't need a story. <clears throat> and, and in everything that we do, there are times you just want to give a person information and you want to be efficient. When you give a person information, you want to be efficient. When you're telling a story, it's different. So why is this? So, 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 so we see in our sugi, for example, what is Rabbi Akiva saying? If it's just facts, if it's just the numbers, we talked about the numeric digits yesterday. If it's just numbers, 31 days, that's a number, it's a calculation, that's information. I'm a nozir for 31 days. Why am I adding in extra words? I'm a nozir for 30 days. 
and another day. What's all that about? What are you adding? Once you're adding words, says Rabbi Akiva, Dashinen Lishne Yaseiro means you look at the narrative. If a person's adding words, this is not about information. And, and, and this becomes important in, in Psach, for example, when a person asks a shayla. Is a person asking, what is the din if A, if a and B? Or is a person telling a story? Moshe Feinstein used to tell me over and over again when I used to watch him dealing with, with shaylas, he would say, this is not about what the din is. The din is, you look at Shechamroch, you see the din. This is about a, a potential human tragedy. This is about human suffering. This person is asking because they're in trouble. There's a, there's a conflict between their reality and what the halacha requires. And they want to keep the halacha, but, but it, creates, it creates suffering. And the Rav's job is to alleviate the suffering within halacha. That's what the Rav's job is. And, and for that, you've got to identify with the suffering. Um, and, that, and that was his greatness and, and the greatness of, of the great poskim. Uh, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, when he was offered a letter opener, to make it quicker, he used to get hundreds of letters every day and he used to open each one. He used to say, Lippin, I can't do this with technology. When I open the letter, I feel the energy and the tears with which the writer wrote the letter. And that helps me work out how I'm going to approach it. I feel it as I'm holding the piece of paper in my hand that they wrote on, the envelope that they licked and sealed. I'm holding that in my hands. And those few moments of opening it enable me to connect with that energy of the writer. Those are things that no robot or artificial intelligence are going to be able to get right. We think, who knows what will be. But, but, but that, that ability, and as I said in, in, in Shulon Shabbos, the fact that, that ChatGPT can, can answer Shilas effectively is not an indication that the robots have become so clever. It's indication that the Rabonim have become so, so technical. So mechanistic, if a robot can do what a rov can do, if a robot can do what a lawyer can do, if a robot can do what a doctor can do, then the lawyers and the doctors and the rabbonim have become robots. It's not the robots have become poskim. The robots will never be poskim. The humans have become robots, and now the robots are better at robotics than the humans. Of course they are. Why are we so surprised at what the robots can do? We've become increasingly mechanistic, and, and the robots can do that. What Rabbi Akiva is teaching us is in a communication. I, I had two Shilas just over the, over the last week. One of them was, was a Shila about a woman who's lost a parent and her son is getting married. Dine Avelis, how much can she participate? And, not, and I discussed it with a, a Poesachinet Israel. We talked about the human anguish. What's going on here? This is a woman whose Dine Avelis are holding her back. And her heart and her love and everything is, is in the simcha. How do you put that together? How do you solve for her anguish? Not what is the halacha. You look up in the Sifra Avelis and you'll see what the halacha is. That's not what she's asking. She's asking, what about me? How do I deal with this difficult emotional situation? Another case of a woman who's a, a, a responder, an emergency responder, but not for physical. She's an emergency responder for Emotional things. She, she's a therapist. So when there's been a pigua or there's somebody's had a, there's been a suicide or whatever, she goes and she, and she counsels the family and the individual. Can she keep her phone on Shabbos? Can she respond to a call on Shabbos? And again, you've got to say to yourself, what's going on here? What is she asking? Is she asking what the din is? That you can ask Chat GPT and it'll give you the answer. That's not what she's asking. She's asking, I'm torn. We're in a situation, in a state. I know this is going on. I know I'm needed. I know I can make the difference. And I'm sitting there on Shabbos all by myself because I, I don't have a family. How do I deal with that? That's the narrative. If the, if, if the person would just say, 
Here's the question. Shabbos, phone, emergency, I'm a therapist, can I respond? But it's not that. What's the story? And it's important in our communications with one another just to understand what's the story. Sometimes a person might just say good morning to you. You better ask yourself, is that just good morning, like communicating information? It's a good morning. Or is the person trying to tell a story, even just in the tone of their good morning? And they need recognition. They would appreciate a, a reciprocation. They might want to engage for a few, a few moments of conversation. Says Rabbi Akiva, Dashinen, Lishna Yaseira. When somebody uses more than the minimum to communicate, you should know that their intention is narrative, their intention is not just communication of fact. And that explains the Gemara, we don't have time to go into it in, in detail, but the Gemara on the previous Omud, on Davzayin Omud Aleph, where a person says, um, uh, 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 he, he wants to take on a, a Nazir, I'm a Nazir from here into London. And what does that mean? How many days does it take to get to London? How many miles or, or kilometers is it to London? The Gomorrah goes into the whole thing. And you'll see how the Gomorrah treats it and says, that's not a, a normal calculation. He would say 30 days, 10 days, 5 days, whatever. He, what, he's telling a story from here to London. There's a story. And Tosfus says there, Just fill in the gaps and hear the story. He's worried about the trip. And he's taking on the zeros to have extra siyata dishmayel. And he's saying, it's, you know, it's going to take me 10 days to get to London. I'm a Nazir for 10 days. But what his intention is, is to take on the zeros to protect himself. Hear the story. Understand the narrative. And this whole sugya, so even, even yesterday's sugya and today's sugya certainly is all about Rabbi Akiva's, uh, in, in, uh, Rabbi Akiva's teaching. If there's extra wording, understand the story. Hear the story. This is about narrative. It's not about facts and, and information. Mm-hmm.